Hey, Yak. Welcome back to another quarantine podcast. Hope this recording finds you well. We are still in the love of God as we're breaking down this, and we're going to be in 2 Samuel chapter 9 today. So turn there. This is episode 34, and as you have caught on, I occasionally break down some of my favorite players who have ever worn number 34. Now, like many players, he didn't wear the same number over the course of his career, but he's very popular wearing this number 34, and that was one of my favorite players growing up, Shaquille O'Neal, drafted to be the center for the Orlando Magic. I was living in Tampa at the time when he was drafted. I was my son's age, which is crazy to think. Man, I wanted to be Shaq. When I played basketball, I always pretended to be Shaq. Whereas he referred to himself the big Aristotle, Hobo Master, the Diesel, Superman, the big Shaktus, the real deal, Shakovic, the big conductor, and many other names. What a personality. What a personality and what a player. I think he was four championships. So good to watch. Hope some of you are watching the MJ documentary on ESPN. Fascinating. That was my childhood. But now, hopefully, by this point, you've gotten to 2 Samuel 9. We're going to get into the adopting love of God today. So what does the eternality of God speak to how he adopts us? So follow along with me, starting in verse 1. And David said, Is there still anyone left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and they called him to David. The king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul that I may show kindness of God to him? Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in the feet. The king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, He is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, at Lodebar. Debar. Lodebar. Then King David sent and brought him from the house of Machir, the son of Emil, at Lodabar. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on the face and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold, I am your servant. And David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan, and I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father, and you will eat at my table always. And he paid homage and said, What is your servant that you should show regard for a dead dog such as I? And the king called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, All that belonged to Saul and to all his house I have given to your master's grandson. And you and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him and shall bring in the produce that your master's grandson may have bread to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's, uh, but Mephibosheth, your master's grandson shall always eat at my table. Now, what does this have to do with the adopting love of God? Mephibosheth is essentially an heir to the throne. He's Jonathan's son. And Jonathan was the son of Saul. And when David took over, there was an effort made to kill 
all of Saul's children and grandchildren in their line so that no one would try to claim the throne from David. And a nurse of Mephibosheth rescued him, or at least she thought she was rescuing him, by stealing him out into the night. Unfortunately, in the process, she tripped and fell and made him a cripple. Now, David got word at this point, it seems, that a son of Jonathan yet lived. So he called upon Mephibosheth to appear before him. Now, if you're Mephibosheth, you're thinking, he found that I'm alive and he's going to kill me. Because that was just the practice of the day. They would remove all the relatives of um, the former king. But instead, he appears. And David grants him all of Saul's land. And says, not only that, you will come and sit at my table as was custom of someone of the family. He would, in a sense, here, he was adopted by David. Now, why was he adopted by David? Was it because David loved Aphibaseth? No. He didn't even know it existed. You know, 2 Samuel 8. But he knows he exists here. But he loved Aphibaseth because he loved Jonathan. And this narrative, right, is a microcosm of redemption. I want to read this from R.C. Sproul. I think he breaks it down perfectly, so I don't want you to attribute the words to me. I would love to be as well-spoken as R.C., but I am not. Let me give you this. This is what he says. This narrative is a microcosm of redemption. All humankind has fallen. And in a sense, we were injured, crippled, when our nurses dropped us in the fall. The fall left us spiritually crippled, unable to walk the path of righteousness on our own. Yet we have been invited to come into the king's family as his adopted children and to eat at his table. Our adoption and privileged status in the king's house are rooted in the eternal love of the father for his son. We receive the benefits due the heir of the Father because the Father's love for Christ. We are welcomed into his family. This point should register in our minds every time we participate in the Lord's Supper and come to the King's communion table. End quote. The eternal love that the Father has for the Son is our gateway to be able to sit at the table of God, much like Mephibosheth got to sit at the table of the king. I hope next time you get to take communion, this story comes to mind. That we have been granted something great, namely being called the king's own, not because of our work, but because of the work of Jesus. Peace.